This is with Jeanette and the only person I would join one on one with um, outside of Capo, obviously. And we uh, we just talked for five minutes in which I think we were doing like the natural intro or I thought we were. Let me be clear, um, because I had a gummy earlier, unexpected podcast. For me. And Jeanette, um, Jeanette was just talking to me as a friend. Indeed. And I think I'm doing content. And then she's like, I should hit record. And here we are. So welcome back to the club. Uh, Jeanette, I'm not welcoming you. I guess I'm welcoming the crowd. How do you feel about being stuck with me today, especially me in a, in a situation in which I have not been in in quite some time because I accidentally am here? Well, I think it's, uh, it's the reunion many have wanted, but <laughs> were scared to ask for, like put it yeah. out into public. Like I haven't seen it on Twitter or any of the social media. Like, hey, Let's get the brown lady and the brown guy together for uh, 30 minutes of uh, socio socio yeah. yeah the socioeconomic issues um, that yes. are affecting you know the brown people of California and Texas right? yes because people definitely look to I mean outside of you obviously people are definitely like you know who I want to hear from on all things political that require intelligence phlegm uh, so yeah I think you're right people were begging for this uh, I I also don't know. Uh, we not that just, anybody wasn't begging for it, but like, does, we could, it could have been um, like I asked you a serious question and you just go into like a mean as Greenberg. I don't know anything. <laughs> I haven't talked to anybody. This is just my opinion. Uh, but I'm is not that you're a mean as Greenberg, or is that like you're Jeanette as Greenberg and you were hoping we wouldn't look for the mean in it? Like, I don't know. Trans- I don't know how to do an Amin unless you're like want me to accidentally tab to web pages that no. are not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's there's not many. Never mind. I, I can't find the joke there. I was trying to find a way of like you can't do an Amin, but Amin would do any. But that I don't know. But what I was gonna say is, in order to do an Amin doing somebody else, you have to be good at doing an Obama. Like if you can't Ooh. do an Obama, that's the starting stage. Like then. You can do an Amin doing somebody else because there's always going to be that accent. Uh, can I play also, the like, Can I play the lady card and be like, I haven't, I don't, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know anything. This is just my opinion here. <laughs> but maybe, okay. maybe, maybe, maybe a lady can do an Obama impersonation. Uh, you know uh, what? <laughs> send, send Senator McConnell. He, he doesn't want the ladies to try to sound like Obama. See, I can't do it. It's, uh, I can't. No, I thought I thought you were just doing a general woman impression whenever you kept saying, I don't know, and maybe. I was like, okay, so you're just doing a woman impression. You but. know who kind of comes close is um, uh, sometimes Allie. She can kind of nail it. I've heard her do her a mean as Obama. So she's a, kind of you, close. You want to so, know why? Because a mean's accent with his like, Sasha trying to do it. There's Malia? a country. Michelle. <laughs> Joe. The gas is too damn high, Joe. I can't. 
Ooh, oh, donating oh my gosh, yes. someone is joining us. I wonder if they who? have an opinion on like, hold on. I'm going to ask okay. him right away. Let's see. Yeah, let's person. find out who this is. Yeah, we're going to ask them. Whoa, not the. Yeah. What? Oh, what different. Oh my goodness. Wait a second. Did Jeanette think the other Matt? Yes, I, I thought it I was Hair Bear. I thought wow. it was Woody's words. Mayor, how disrespectful are you that when I saw Matt, I thought of you first. And Jeanette saw Matt and thought of Hair Bear, Woody's fan account, before you. Uh, I don't have anything to say to that. It's just very disappointing. <laughs> good, to, good to see some fresh faces in here. <laughs> fresh faces like like Mayor's ever just joined a Friday Night LTC. <laughs> like he knows what a fresh face. But uh, I I don't know what it's I don't know what it's like. You know, I did a did the the midweek mentions this week. Just did it totally by myself. So I'd have three people in one pod. It's just like it's, you did a great you did a great job. And um, while I was sending the invitation, be like, someone, please come and talk to me. I was like, I could never do a, as good of a job as Mayor Matt did when he soloed midweek mentions this week. So for those of you that have that in your queue, if you haven't listened to it, go because it's Mayor Matt, Matt just being himself, being very thoughtful about topics, about the show, how David Sampson helped his daughter get money. Listen I'm to into it. it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. so it was, it was great. Thank you. Very so, kind. So I'm going to give away a little bit of it. When he played the nothing personal theme song to start off a segment phlegm. And I thought my phone had switched to nothing personal. So I was like, how did I do this? I was so confused. So I, I got, and then I heard Mayor Matt talk and I'm like, oh no, this is still midweek mentions. So, okay. So I had like a, a, a brain scatter moment for like 15 seconds. So he, in that story was Mayor Matt switched to the nothing personal theme song as like a segment transition. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did not know that. What, and I actually listen to midweek mentions way more than I listen to this podcast one right now. So I will get to it, but He's uh, one, I didn't know Mayor was by himself, which I have a comment on that. It's very look at me, Louie. Like, I get that nobody else was there, but Mayor knows how many people are in this chat very often, 24-7. There's nobody that wouldn't click a Zoom if Mayor dropped it. But only Mayor knew I can do this by myself. Almost uh, nobody. <laughs> well, first of all, I, I disagree because we were trying to we, – we were supposed to just record at a certain time, and it just wasn't happening. And so I actually got up. Uh, the morning after and did it uh, kind of knocked it out. It's quite honestly something I wanted to do. And, and in the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned why I did it. I'll, I'll tell you why here. It's, you know, we, we owe everybody content and, you know, there are people, believe it or not, that make it a priority to listen to our podcast, regardless of the number. And, uh, and, and again, I'm, I'm a fan of David Sampson. It gave me an opportunity to do it. I'll tell you a neat little aside as I actually sent it to him because the name of the episode is something personal. Um, and it was kind of nerve wracking, but he was so kind and replied back that he, he took a listen to at least, I guess, the first segment of it and had some very kind, we had a very kind exchange. And that was, that meant an awful lot to me. Awesome. So, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of David Simpson. I know a lot of people are not. I think I see a genuine person when he's being as, Vulnerable and also as shielded as he is. Um, yeah, well, that's good. I, I will listen now, especially because I know it was only you. It cuts out like everybody else that I don't listen because of when I don't. So that's fun. 
So before you joined, I was doing a very horrible Amin as Obama and then tried to do Obama. Um, and then it was Amin as Obama doing Greenberg. And then I tried to do Obama and I'm just, it was so awful. Can you do either one, Mayor Matt? Well, you know, I did see an article earlier this week with Malia wearing a bikini. It was, I didn't click on the article, but it was a headline talking about how good Malia looked in a bikini. And I was thinking, hey, I don't need to see former first girls in bikinis. I'm not saying I need to see a bikini. I'm not saying I saw a bikini. All I'm saying is a bikini was seen by somebody on TV. <laughs> I have no clue. I, I, I just felt the need to have to like, all right, if we're, if we're all going to be bad at this, uh, I guess I have to be bad I'll at break this. Break the tension. Like, yeah. Was it, uh, what do we say? Oh, in 16, I, 16 and 0. Yeah, I felt like such a whole family. Look, if they're going to be bad, you can't be too ashamed to be bad. Just go in and do it. I don't. I don't think we come up with more impressions to keep doing round robin. So, Jeanette, I or Mayor, like, are there other things that occurred this week? I am very behind. Um, the only thing I could say is this week I think was my breaking point on like certain parts of the show where I, I, I was like, okay, so we're just going to continue to allow this um, personality to like. I don't know if I'm being trolled. Let me just be clear, and this isn't anti. So if it is, push me off. As much as the anti-Semitic talk is there, which I be, I'll be clear, I not the hugest fan on the show. Although I think she's great when not on the show for whatever she's comfortable with. The local hour, and I'll say this because I have Jeanette here to either protect me or tell me I'm wrong and I'm mansplaining. Was the local hour us getting trolled? Like, because part of me is like, okay, this is so outside of what's normal, and this is the local hour of like five men watching porn as sports radio history. Like, are we being trolled in a way, or do you think that was a genuine opinion, or am I just being a guy being a guy? Because I thought, like, okay, wait, now we're being trolled the same way Mike Ryan does it, but maybe she's disguising this troll better, or maybe we're not used to being trolled by her as often as we are by Mike Ryan's bits. Does anybody know what I'm referring to? I don't. I didn't. I haven't heard the show okay. today yet. Uh, but I would tell you that if you think that we move the needle or that they're paying an awful lot of attention to what we're doing when we're whining or doing whatever it is that we're doing on podcasts like we're out right now, I think we're greatly overstating our own importance. Oh, I, I, I 100% agree. I, I do not believe that. I'm saying the general feedback of like Smitty's character it had nothing with us. What I'm saying is the way that Smitty approached like the troll perspective of the woman is like, her responding to the crowd, not us as a podcast. Like, is she trolling the general crowd that's trolling her? Not us specifically. So this isn't about like a complaint to anybody on the podcast. It's it's yeah. Smitty like hearing general feedback and trolling us. Uh, us as a general fan base. No, I don't think she's trolling. I think okay. there are times where she does bring up things that maybe them because they've been a a, a unit for so long that they don't see certain certain things because they kind of have like minded sensibilities or they really want to get the bit and the joke in so she will say things that are her genuine perspective and you know to the audience it may just be like okay why are you being a wet wet blanket why can't you laugh at this but that's also the kind of culture where she's describing not just in sports but in in, in corporate america where 
if you want to get along and you want to advance, you have to, as a woman or a, a, a person of a minority, you have to take this as a joke and accept this because this is what happens at this place. So, I mean, we know Amin's character and the things that he's done uh, now that he's a part. I mean, he was doing this when he was ESPN, but he was a little bit more cautious. Now that he's Metal Arc, he's a little bit more um, open about certain things and like what happened with uh, the post game and all that stuff. So when she's saying things like, Hey, you guys, I, I may, I don't, I can see, I'm, you know, I, I don't find the particular human in the fact humor that his porn hub thing came out while he was at work. Um, I don't think that was a troll. She was just trying to let them see why that shouldn't be, why that sh shouldn't have happened and why she particularly thought it was unprofessional because like the fact, I think it's, it, it, it adds to the humor that it was kind of like Kevin O'Connor, but what if it had been Steve Kerr, Adam Silver, um, Ime Udoka, you know, like, we, so, so, we, so are we, you we, taking we, the approach that it's unprofessional more than uncomfortable because I didn't get that tone. I, unprofessional, I will never disagree with. The the topic being laughed at, I guess, and I'm not like trying to, I guess I'll be comfortable. I didn't take it, the, the dispute as unprofessional. I took it as this is just I, sports I think, radio. No, and I think um, she was just trying to set out like the tone of like, also, like I, I'm just assuming here, like, we don't want metal arc media to be known for this. Like this is when we send people out into the field, this is what like, you know, because, you know, they already kind of have, it's been more than a year since the separation from ESPN and they kind of are kind of getting their footing into getting, you know, going yeah, to don't, these. Don't become bars. Well, they're that, and they, they want to be respected. And, and when they send out people, that if they're going to cover whether it's hockey, baseball, whatever it is, that these are smart people and that things like this aren't going to happen. So they don't want to be just like, you know, uh, as a form also to like repel people because you know that there are certain individuals and certain uh, higher ups in the leagues that they will be like, we don't want you to talk to this person because this stuff happened to them, you know? Yeah, yes. I would say, I would say in regards to that is that. I agree entirely with the argument. Again, I haven't seen the, I haven't listened to the episode, but you know, you look at someone like Smitty, for instance, who has a relative newcomer. She left a situation to come to metal arc to build something. And when you're part of a team, just like our podcast group, you know, when you're part of that group, what's said by one is, you know, construed as being from all. And I think she perhaps has a problem with, Again, Metal Arc being branded a certain way because of Amin's actions, which in some part relates to her and hurts the brand that she has come over to try to, you know, build with with the rest of the Levitard folks. Okay. No, I, I, yeah, I don't have a disagreement. I, I was just more curious if the way it was approached, because it seemed like it was set up by Dan, thrown to her for the rebuttal. And that's the only reason I was questioning, like, are we being trolled? Because it seemed like it was quickly thrown that way but um I, I, 
And I think that's I'll always... be the guy that just misunderstood the. And, and sometimes, even though she's the youngest, she seems to sometimes have many cases has to be the adult in the room or kind of rein everybody back into some degree. Yeah, and ah, I think I respectfully disagree. And I think that throwback from Dan is is him being con, being overly conscious of the fact that they're in a room of a lot of men and they'll dominate the conversation. He wants to get the female perspective. And up to this point, whenever he wants to get her opinion on something that is serious or whatever, it always tends to be her being on the other side. And he like when, so when he generally asks her, like, why do you think that it's because that's not what he's used to in that environment. So if she has an objection or if she agrees with them and she wants to be a part of the joke, I think it informs his opinion and he'll probably stop doing it less and less as they work together. And he understands her sensibilities a bit more, um, which will help when she stops taking, you know, working one week and then taking three weeks of vacation. Hi, pal. Thank you hey guys. How's it going? Uh, I couldn't agree more. Of course, because that's literally all you do is agree more with. Like, it's literally Pal's entire character is I could not agree more. But thank you for uh, once again agreeing with the last person to say anything. Commitment to the brand. <laughs> I think okay. So we all tried to do a mean impersonations, Pal. A mean as Obama as Greeny. I think you might be our only hope. And I truly hope that me putting like faith in you, that you tank it and it just blows up in my face. No, I don't know anything. Are you drowning? Is this a mean drown? Is this is him doing the Ninja <laughs> is he, Warrior. Is he coughing Wait. phlegm into the mic? Five dollars. <laughs> this is this is a mean underwater the Ninja Warrior obstacle <laughs> doing his <laughs> bit. As a- Sasha, Malia, I don't know anything. God damn, it's it's coming. It's just I'm no, sounding it's too southern, like Jeff. It's, it's a, the temperature's Perfect. not right. It's just two guys whistling. <laughs> if I get it at 71 degrees, I can do my goofy impression, but it's just not as good as beeps. Wait, yeah. what? Go! I don't even know what beeps is, but go, please. Okay, I'm sorry. That was a mariachi singer having an orgasm. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, I, now that we're on the topic of Stu, more or less, this, him not just being able to come out and say, I want, I'm taking vacation this week. I'm following the dead in California. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> keeping everything together i'll see you guys when i see you guys why is that so hard i i here's and, why. and then it's lie after lie because when he was telling them on monday that he couldn't get on because he needed a ballroom to not bother abby if you listen to stupidity he told billy and mike yay abby didn't even go with him to, to california to these shows so he could have done that from his hotel room and been loud as hell and it wouldn't have been adjusted. He just didn't want to be on the show on Monday. But before Pal gives his reasons of why he thinks this all happened, Stu guys never said he needed to be away from Abby. That was Dan that implied he needed to be away from his wife. Stu never said it. And if Stu did say it, it was via text to Dan. So that nobody knows that. It's skepticism at best. So actually, Stu so far is innocent. That was Dan who brought that up. But Pal, you had a reason for it? 
I was just going to say that, you know, on behalf of my good friend and fellow co-host to Zoom Zoom, Stu, um, you know, you got to know your teammates here. You got to just be prepared that when the dead is touring, that there's going to be a possibility he's not going to be there. So you have to be ready. And they shouldn't be so outraged because I feel like he's been, this isn't the first time he's like, oh, just at a dead show and like, you know, on vacation or anything like that. Yeah. Like, well, nobody's surprised that the one person who's a normal host of Lash of the Club is the last person to show up here as me and Mayor were kind enough to lend our voices to a podcast you should have been on time to. So, of course, you support this decision of irresponsibility and non-punctuality. Commitment to the brand, Flam. Here's what I think happened. And I think this, and it's not an excuse. Stu, when he's going to a dead show, I think he starts getting prepared stone-wise, stoned or otherwise, for this days in advance. And I think that, like, once you're so comfortable in the position in the company and once you're stoned and you know, I can probably do this and get away with it, you do it and get away with it. And I think, and that's like while you're stoned, but when you never come down from that high for two days, you keep going with it. If you come down for a few hours, you're like, you know what? Let me call, explain this. But he just stayed stoned for three days. And when you do that, you convince yourself. And in his head, he's paranoid. I shouldn't have done this. I should have been ready. But outside of his body, he's like, but I do not want to do the work. So I just think he honestly got stoned a little too early preparing for the dead show. And he did what any stoner in a high position or very low position where it's like, if they fire me, nothing matters. If they don't, they're not going to fire me because I'm me. So that's it. Oh, yeah. I think it's that very basic. He's just high too long. Do you guys think he knew that that photo of him was being taken? The, no. That the guy no. posted? Well, yes. <laughs> no, only because if that you he remembered hoodie, it? His hoodie is filled with things that were not supposed to be shown in a picture. So I do, because I guarantee you there's a bag of bud, potentially mushrooms, the way his, like his, his hoodie his, he was, was bulked out in the pockets. He put something in there between leaving the concession stand to taking that photo. That's the only reason I think he knew a photo was being taken. Now, do I think he was capable of moving his face at the time? <laughs> no. Yes, reckless, reckless speculation, regulation. There we go. So, do you guys think that there are a lot of show fans that yes. are that have now become Grateful Dead fans or Dead and Company fans, just on the off chance of seeing Stu Gods at one of these places and taking one of these high as hell photos with him? <laughs> I think maybe they just kind of hang around the area, you know. But there's also just a lot fans, of stoners that are into dead, into the dead. Yeah, I, I think dead fans have become fans of the show. That's a good point. They become they're they were already Game of Thrones fans, and they're like, "Oh, George R R Martin, who's your friend? Oh, Stugatz? Yeah. Doesn't that mean Wiener? Bill Walton too. Mm-hmm. Steve Martin. I, I, too. I know it could. I know it could never be me. I've I've tried Grateful Dead. I've got a very eclectic music taste. Ooh. I everything from hip hop to you name it, I, and hard to hard rock. I give us some bona fides, Mayor. Let, let's see what, what's a top what's a top five hip hop artists of all time. Mayor's top five. Let's go on the spot. Oh, my my personal favorite top five hip hop artists. Yes. Uh, let's see. I, I, wow, on the spot here. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll go Big Daddy Kane. I will go um, Cool Modi. Oh, hell yeah. 
classes. Run, D- Run DMC. Mm. Uh, I'm going to leave somebody out, but I'm going to go NWA at two. And at number one, it's Eric B and Rakim. Whoa. Whoa. That's a very solid so top five oh, there. And it's very on. old, too, because, I mean, I left out just about everybody in the 90s. Uh, actually, I'll, get, I'll give you an OLI is, uh, is DOC, who was part of the NWA kind of movement, but actually got in a very – only has one one CD out. I would I – would, if you get that, take a listen to that. It's a, a fantastic front-to-back uh, hip-hop offering. Was his uh, voice I'm, coming I'm gonna back? Be- I'm going to be a Smitty here. I have a picture with DOC. The night I met him because my friend Teddy Cool did a documentary called We From Dallas, and DOC was the primary circle, a guy from Dallas that wrote for Dre when he lost his voice. And uh, DOC, when I met him, uh, dabbed me up and said, I love everything you do. Keep doing it. Fun fact, there's my Smitty Smitty story in DOC kicking it up. That's only a Smitty story if he follows you on Twitter. That would be, you just did a Tony Topper. Okay, Tony. Yeah, Denver. and not only would that have to happen in Dallas, it also had to happen in like three other cities. And I've heard that story before. I don't remember when you've told it to me before, oh. but that time I've heard that. So yeah. that'll give you the bona fide. The same story <laughs> twice in a row. Martin. It's at least, or it's a consistent lie. Either one. <laughs> it's all the same. Story. But it's, it's I, my... <laughs> get back, Grateful Dead music. I just, it's just not me. I don't want to agree with you. Any artistic effort, but it's just it doesn't resonate with me it doesn't it doesn't even really sound like halfway decent stuff and i don't i don't need a 27 minute song give me an I, eagles I tribute band more. you know what i'm saying man absolutely with, he's with me hotel california enough said hotel california is about is it prison is that what i forget what it's about it's supposed to be about yeah. something darker who knows? Anyways, <laughs> i don't know I'm not, this is, i know i know that the line about uh the Killing the beast with like their knives, steel knives, something like that. That's a direct jab at Steely Dan. The first verse of Every Rose Has Its Thorn to me is probably the best written and delivered verse ever. And if you don't know it, you're not my friend. What about um, Taking Back Sunday's Cute Without the E? Well, the first off, you know I've mentioned Cute Without the E many times, so now you're just pandering to the audience. But of course, you're the my e, audience, so there Sunday, we go. Look at us, friends. It's the best album made by any sort of alt-rock band ever. Cute Without the E is legendary. Hell yeah. It's Lupe Fiasco is the cool. There you go. They just came out with a song with Steve Aoki this week, so. More like Steve Aoki. Stokey. Well... <laughs> Yeah. No thanks. Fizzled out. Um, but I'm with Mayor uh, grateful that I tried that also, and I couldn't get into it. I wanted to so bad. Where like I pretended I was into. It. I became a hipster at 34 years old, where I was like pretending to be into it for like a week, and I was like, okay, what am I doing? This sucks. Let's cool. Think it, I think. Did, yeah, we, just, did, we did all just sit on that. <laughs> I'm sad we didn't get to see him. You know. You, I don't, he, I don't know. Who are you talking about? What are you talking about? Stu. Like, I'm sad we didn't get okay. to see Stu. He was in our neck of the woods. Well, no. He, he lied. He said he he didn't go to the Dodger Stadium show. He watched the stream. But he's been to a, a Dead and Company show at Dodger Stadium before. I think in 2019, the, in the summer, they did the same thing and he was there. Can we talk about your nose ring? Because I don't <laughs> I know. I love it. We're, we haven't been on camera in a while, and this is something I mentioned earlier before I knew we were working. You got a nose ring, and 
I know you just had a, mm-hmm. a child graduate, and let me know if I'm saying too much. But is this a midlife <laughs> crisis? <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, you're talking about Jeanette's. Oh, <laughs> Mayor and I did not plan this. Uh, we, it, just, it, it happens sometimes, you know. Um, the 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 chat. Sometimes we all kind of like mind meld and we do stuff, and it's like, oh shoot, you got a haircut too. You the too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You also lost a lot of money on a baseball bet that nobody watched. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> How many farms have do we have now? I don't know. Uh, yes, this is uh, me working through midlife crisis. I accepting that my child is no longer a child i mean he turned 18 this week in a few months he's gonna start college and everything is hitting me and i'm just like what is next in my life and yeah no nothing so yeah so uh i i don't have the cash on hand where I to buy a sports car or to get like a facelift or any type of plastic surgery. So I'm like, I'm going to get a septum piercing. <laughs> <laughs> What's the quickest way to say you've had something done to your face? It's also not expensive. I know. Put a ring in my nose. Is this your first mid uh, midlife crisis? Because Mike Ryan uh, Thursday, I believe, with Samson mentioned multiple. I believe that because I'm positive I've already had two. So yeah. uh, I'm going to obviously let Mayor go after you because you know he's the potential of multiple life crisis is in mayor's wheelhouse uh pal i trust me i hope this is your life crisis meaning whatever your age is times two i hope you don't exceed on earth but jeanette <laughs> is this your first second third um, I, I don't know i mean um so during the pandemic i cut my own hair but that was out of necessity it wasn't a frustration or anything like that, or needing a change. Because usually if a woman is ever bold enough to cut her own hair, it's because she's had it up to here with whatever she's dealing with. And we sacrifice our hair, and then we're just like, that didn't solve anything, but it's supposed to be, like, empowering. So that wasn't it. So this is it. So, so this if is you, the if, first one. Yeah, so if, like, in... So if, like, by the end of the year, I'm, like dating 25 year olds and like and trying to go to like go to vacation in like italy or you know switzerland or something please talk me out of it (laughs) because just remember hey the tuition payment is due by this day you can't you can't take on a boy toy right now you uh (laughs) right now get the boy toy to take on okay yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get caught up by the Tinder swindler. Like that's that's my that's my. Don't let that happen to me. If you guys are like, oh, like hey, I, like I met this guy and he says he's like a displaced heir from like some whatever, and he needs money, and I'm gonna send him ten thousand. Like I, you guys have to save me, do the intervention, be like. It's probably, no, I, it's I feel like this would result in a new documentary, <laughs> and you're the person that hustles it, and it'd be okay. the Twitter swindler. And it's all about Jeanette hustling <laughs> out. Then um, your role will be to help me find like the nicest septum ring so that when I'm interviewed, I look <laughs> like somewhat decent. I love an entire <laughs> series based on finding the perfect septum ring for making somebody fall in love. Mayor had something earlier. Though. Well, first of all, when you first said septum, for some reason, I've had I've had a few drinks this evening. <laughs> the I, I displaced the the definition of septum with the with the definition of sphincter uh-huh. so that was troubling for like a half second common mistake but but exactly but what I, but what i would say happens to me all the time 
what what I would say, Jeanette, again, I'm I'm older than than anybody else on here is my daughter's 25. She's now married. Uh, you know, going from the from high school to college, there's there's plenty of things left to do. You're gonna have a little bit more free time. You you know start realizing how much additional time you've got to do things that you want to do. And at the same Oh, no. Time, uh, your children will always need you. So oh. it's all good. I'm beyond a, a midlife crisis. I, I mean, if, I mean, I'm I'm well past midlife. So, uh, and I don't think I've ever really had anything that um, had me falling apart. So, charmed life, I guess. Crickets. Okay, so my uh my uh, my first midlife crisis. What was it? I would say <laughs> it's the 13 tattoo on my leg. Honestly. <laughs> That that one, I was just thinking about that today. I was like, that's ah, not the smartest decision because I got a new one today. So I was pretty stoked about that, but I can't hear anything Glimp saying. He's just, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah. It's actually but, better. Uh, yeah. yeah. I said, I, I knew there's a reason you were, like, nobody believed you were having a midlife, but I was like, why is he missing this at too? But it was to say you had a new one today. I get it. You're, Tony, I get it. Keep going. Yeah. I was just like, how. Why did he mention this? It's like, oh, it's a it's a vehicle to get him to talk about what happened to him today. Real hoopers know. What's the thirteen in the back of your leg stand for? Will Chamberlain. Always be a uh, always be big dipping, you know. Um, okay, what's my other midlife crisis? Let's see. Um, other. The hair, the hair was a sign, you know, just the long hair, just kind of letting myself go a little bit there, but. Eh. You're doing really good. No, like you're filling a lot of space and time and you're talking. Oh, do you want me to keep going? Honestly, I've been, you know, teaching five hours a day, talking a lot. Boy, have I really just stretched the limits of myself this week. Okay. What is is the outlook of the students that you've got? I mean, being that it's summer and they're in school and chances are they're there against their will. uh, What is the... I mean, what is the vibe from the kids? Are you I've got oh, I'm, I'm, audience? Is everybody pushing back? I got a great audience, great group of kids. You know, I just get to go up there and practice my material. It's it's working really well in the first go around because it's the <laughs> oh, wait, only. You're doing stand up for children. Yeah, with some history flair in it. It's a it's yeah. just a great opportunity to, to to practice it up there. I use a pen as a mic. They love it. I got 45 of them though, but they're all trying to get ahead, so they're actually all like pretty great kids and they're all like super smart so they're they're going typically you take this class during your sophomore year but they're all going into their sophomore year so they you have 45 kids what do you mark (laughs) (laughs) just a couple off almost not not 45 at the same time do you yeah at the same time so it's a i I, it's a it's an accelerated class so it's just it's literally five hours of history four days a week so oh, man. you got well, a pair children are doomed. What was that? Sorry. You got a pro in there with you or a teacher's aide, or are you just flying solo? It's just me. It's all me handling that on my own. I got that. <laughs> did, did Matt just ask Pal if he has an adult with him? Yeah. That's, no. That's the, they, <laughs> that's, they check that's on not, me from time. They check on me from time <laughs> to time, Mayor. I know. No. I know if you're crazy. Those of us those of us that are familiar with the educational world, a paraprofessional or a teacher's aide, or a, typically accompany a classroom to make sure, especially if you've got 45 students, that's a, that's a massive amount of students. Yeah, it was supposed to be 50. And the thing is, I was expecting like, because 
the teacher who typically does this course during the summer had told me like, oh, like you'll get like 10 or 15 kids that drop pretty soon, but they're all in it for the long haul. They all kind of realize. So what, like, what's the teacher that typically does this course during the summer doing? Uh, he was supposed to go to a, a trip to Europe with his family, but then he was just like, you know what? I'm just going to let my family go and just take the time to myself. So he's just on a golf course every day, you know, living it up. <laughs> We talk. He's we talk on the phone. He always going to, he always, going to Grateful Dead uh, concerts up and down the yeah. state. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's where I was. Janet Mayer's joke. Sorry. So what I, so I want to know, actually, pal, what I'm going to ask of you is, you. I want to hear some of the material. I want. I want you to give me a. a can you can you recreate a, a class history lesson? One of the uh, history lessons. Do it. So can you do it character for us. So today, I almost was considering getting a guillotine tattooed on me. Because I'm teaching the French As part Revolution, part of like your your performance. No, just because I'm teaching the French Revolution right now. And we were and my students and I, we were all stoked yesterday when you know when all the nobility were getting their heads cut. My my, I have a very progressive classroom. Um, I, I'm finding out, so they were all kind of excited, like me, to you know. Nobility as in like, you know, when it comes to the French Revolution, you got your first estate, your second estate, which is the nobility, your your higher classes, your lords and whatnot, maybe your duchesses. Okay. Um, Lord Stanley. Stanley? Lees? <laughs> we, we know that. Same time, bad jokes. Crush there me. you go. But uh, yeah, so we were getting into the French Revolution. And so right now we're connecting revolutions and like the big ideas of change. And we've also kind of been linking like religion and how the Catholic Church is like kind of breaking apart and like how that led to some spread. Uh, spreading of <laughs> spreading of like Protestantism. Uh, the Puritans, you know, yeah, coming yeah. over here, and then we get the American Revolution. And right now, we've been drawing parallels between the American Revolution and the French Revolution. Okay, hold on. Lots, of, lots of history stuff. It, it's 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 super quick since we have to. We only have six weeks, and I have to get to World War One in a in a couple in the next. I'm few fine weeks. with it. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Nobody cares. What I want to focus on when he said the spread. There was a there was a pause that was only quick enough. That if you were listening, we all heard it. Like the, I don't know, and I know there's again, like Mary said, the 500 people that really will want to hear our content. There's a pause that's worth rewinding. There was such a small window, I think, if you go back and listen to, but in the moment it happened in a lifetime, I think all of us looked up and we're like, "There's five minutes of empty air to make a joke here," and then it just like first to the mic. It was the longest small pause. Of my entire podcast existence. I, I know it's not worth bringing it, but as a tidbit, go back and rewind. And when he said spread, listen to how bad there's a pause that's so silent before everybody's trying to jump in. I'm sorry. Go ahead, pal. So when we were kind of going over the period of time in the French Revolution, when like 40,000 people kind of got the guillotine. We uh we started playing the song Heads Will Roll and the kids quite enjoyed that. Have you ever heard that song by the Yeah Yeah Yes? Heads will roll, heads will roll on the floor. Off, nope. off with your head. Oh. All right, that's enough. Don't get us sued. Copyright. Yeah. <laughs> so, Flum, did you have your midlife crisis? You don't want to share? Oh no, I just like honestly, pal, he had five, and I didn't want to interrupt any of his stories. Uh, no, five. I I don't know, I don't know that I've had midlife crisis. I'm sure I have, like. I think every time I start getting tattoos again, it's typically my midlife crisis or anytime I start like trying to do something creatively that is like something I haven't done recently. Like when I first did the parody song, 
that first like month maybe and after that it's just you do the same thing over it like now i'm trying to do something else creatively which i won't mention here that's new and i'm like okay like another midlife crisis right like so i think that's my midlife crisis like go try to become rich and famous overnight so great you know nothing midlife crazy like quitting a job when you didn't have a new one lined up <laughs> and i'm and i'm guessing you don't want to share with your creative ideas because you're afraid andrew streeter's gonna steal it and do better than uh. you. <laughs> uh streeter is actually part of my new creative idea so oh, shout great. out to that secret mission um no yeah you're right i did quit my i completely forgot i just quit a job that was yeah uh six figures if you don't follow me on twitter it was very well off everybody thinks that apparently that's a flex which is um but no yeah that's not that job. much in california yeah for and, jeff and trust me i <laughs> I, I went a week in san diego and i came back like don't ever think that you're well off ever again like get your poor ass back to Texas where you belong. Uh, but no, yeah, I guess quitting a job without a plan. That was a midlife crisis. Uh, yeah. Probably shouldn't have done that. What else is there to discuss? Mayor, did you take out um, Cody this week or did you applaud his excellent performance? Because I thought he did great. And I know that you hold Mr. Greg Cody more accountable than anybody else in the universe. Uh, do I hold him accountable for being late to work? Yeah. That bothered me. <laughs> bothered me really big time yeah uh, <laughs> it, it was troubling. It, and again i share chris's frustration i just was like come on man get it together just just do it now i do have to admit greg is again I, i'm a big fan of greg's um he was kind enough if talking about creative things i don't know if you listen to his podcast but i had a uh, actually a show song on there about a uh, couple months ago. Yes, I, it was a great I do. song. I did hear it. It was terrific. Thank you. Yeah. Well, but, hey, uh, pal, what but, was the song? But Phil Asscrack was... was <laughs> the, he can do whatever he wants to the rest of the week. Because that was that was phenomenal. Wait, Phil it was Asscrack is such a better name than Frank Asscrack. Yeah, Phil Asscrack is way better than oh, Frank Phil Asscrack. Phil Asscrack is so much better. <laughs> Wait, dude, I feel like Mayor Mayor. This is had so funny. I can't head. remember the, the song Freudian, for the life of me. Freudian slip. Like he wanted it to be Phil Asscrack all week. <laughs> it's uh, like <laughs> look, no, this is the happiest I've ever seen Mayor because he accidentally is like, damn it. They're they're brothers, right? The Asscrack Bros. Uh, I, well, Phil Asscrack is when, a, a, yeah. Wh- one was in the American League. The other one was in the National no. League. No. Phil was no. a left. Listen, Phil was a left-handed right fielder. It's like the Giambi. Right filler. Yes. Uh, Phil Asscrack gave birth to generations of subpar Asscracks until Frank Asscrack was born. All right. Do not disrespect Phil Asscrack that way. That's Phil Asscrack true. started. All right. It, that wasn't even the family's last name. This man escaped a family of 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 frontage and became. Phil Asscrack, and French- then he went and started his own family and generation. So respect the founder of Asscrack. Yeah. He, he could have been taken out during the French Revolution, but he snuck out of, um, mm-hmm. he was a, a French nobleman. He snuck out, found solace in England. They came to the United States. I, I have his middle initial being R, Phil R. Asscrack. I can't, or <laughs> Phil U. Um, yep, yep. <laughs> But I guess oh, I, wait. Well, well, I mean, no, it doesn't. Though, like, if his family was not like very prejudiced, it would just be Phil A. Ascrat, right? Like, we're not going to be perspective. Like, we're not going to be like specific. Just A. Just A. Ascrat. 
and it doesn't get diluted with like the seconds or the thirds it would with a junior because that would be kind of problematic but phil Ashcrack the second hell yeah this i mean number two. unless you can't fill oh, never mind um <laughs> this is what sports radio <laughs> this is what sports radio is it's a uh, three three guys and a woman staring at a zoom talking about porn top five ass cracks in sports I don't no, even know what no. that means. Uh, yeah, I'm not doing that again. Larry Fitzgerald. Bye. Bad producing. No, but, no, no. Uh, that's so, just good, good yeah, but we don't know. The, the ass crack my, is, is different. But it was also great awkward transition to have Izzy join them in studio. And it reminded me of the old ESPN days when they would go on vacation, Dan or Stu, and he would come in and he could either play the straight guy. No pun intended. <laughs> Or he could be the the clownish guy filling the Stu God's role off of Dan. So it was great to see him in there. And um, whatever tribute they had to pay to ESPN to get that happen, I hope they can do it again because it was great to have him in there. And I think Greg kind of stole a bit from him, but Izzy was so good with them. There are two laughs that will never make it to the Stewies because they're not as outrageously uncommon as many that have that I believe are like, to me, when I hear them, they make me as happy as when you watch a stand-up comedian perform that you've already seen, the, but the new person's laughing and you get happy because they're laughing. And it's Dan and it's Dan laughing at Stugatz. When Dan laughs genuinely at Stugatz, it's one of the most wonderful laughs I've ever heard. And the second one is when Izzy laughs at Greg Cody. And when mm-hmm. those two laughs occur, it's to me like the happiest genuine like. This person genuinely could not stop themselves from laughing. And not because we even all think that it was equally as funny, because I think although funny has different levels, most of us like laugh out loud at the same things. These two people find the uniqueness of those characters in a way we don't. Because even when we laugh at Stugatz, when Dan genuinely laughs, it's like when you know Stugatz truly went into being his purest comedy form. And there's something about Greg that does that, even though to Dan, he does it to Izzy in a way that is very rarely recognized, unrec- very rarely recognized, excuse me. So those two laughs will never win a Stewie, but they're the best laughs that I've found. I know it's super weird and poetic. It's, that's not weird because I, I was literally telling Barrett and Ed Bob today that my favorite laugh is his recalls with the polls in the club. When Dan is like reminiscing on something that they laughed about earlier in the week. I like that laugh that he does. Like, just like he exactly what you said about his unique perspective on Stugatz that we're not seeing that he just sees so comedically wonderful. Like he sees that too, with the polls and with when they would do the club. And I, I appreciate yeah, so it. It is weird. Cause you agree. I'm not as much in mean? on laughter as I am on when, and we got it this week is when Dan gets his gag reflex where he's about to vomit. And we got that a few times uh, this week, so I was I was thrilled to have that. I was I like Jeanette. I'd love to see Izzy on the show. Now, if we can just get some Dominique Foxworth time, it'll all be perfect. Randy Scott, Randy Scott as well. Right. Speaking of Dominique, right now the the Warriors are just doing their own parade of gas bags, and they got Perk and Dominique so good. With the Love it. zero when they were asked last year about how many in 
how many more rings Steph would win and or the Warriors and they were like zero and they held up the zero up to their face and he did it in the press conference. <sighs> New profile pick. I, I have a shameful so admission. I have been the biggest Curry. Like he has been my Kobe Bryant since Kobe. I fell asleep third quarter last night and I told like my wife, like I cannot fall asleep during this. My wife hates the Warriors. Uh, so she's going for Boston. I fell asleep, woke up like at 4 a.m. And was so upset with myself that I didn't know who won, but I couldn't look up the score because I knew I was going to want to YouTube all the post game interviews. But anyway, shameful fact is I, uh, yeah, I fell asleep before I could see my beautiful angelic favorite player of all time, officially uh, Steph Curry win his fourth. I've Anyways. never the, the, the threes he was hitting in Boston specifically were the purest shots I've ever seen in my life, not just in game six, but also in game four. And game three, for that matter, I I was just left in total shock and awe with how pure the shooting was. I think game five was probably his best three-point performance. I said game four, didn't I? I meant game five. No, wait, you, game four. You had it right. I'm just game messing four, with you yeah. because you were right. Game but five is over. This didn't go seven. Just six. Good. I uh, I Yeah, I, I love NBA playoff basketball. Gambling's fun. Thank you guys so much for joining and listening. Uh, I want to take this moment to wish Flem and Mayor Matt a happy Father's Day weekend. So good on you, Flem, for not having to do menial labor on Father's Day. Mayor Matt, I hope you get to do all the stuff that you enjoy on Sunday. Uh, golfing, yeah. sitting on the couch, whatever it is. And to our listeners that are also dads, dads-to-be, uh, enjoy your day, and I—I I, I don't know what dads do on Father's Day, but you—you well, you deserve all it. For the parents, I think we should link the GoFundMe to today's event from Jeanette. So let's link that, and anybody that can help, go donate. So to this pod, let's link that. Okay. Yes. And I don't want to explain it here, but trust me, it's worth going to click on if you haven't heard about it. Yes, uh, appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Of course. So. Um, Thank you so much for joining us on Laughter the Club, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye!